0: Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Mark chapter 6, uh, verses 45 uh, through 52. This is what it says immediately. Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. (laughs) Yes, they cried out. Because they saw because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves, their hearts were hardened. So just before in Matthew chapter six, we see where Jesus feeds five about five thousand uh, with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. And uh, basically, in this moment, uh, in this time, Jesus is teaching and he's training uh, those who have, uh, those who are to to continue the work of the ministry after his death and resurrection, and ultimately his ascension into heaven. Uh, he's teaching them what it is to truly live by faith. And we've been talking uh, about living by faith, about uh, the faith of several different individuals from throughout the Word of God. I could preach about the faith of. All of those people, but it would take us a really long time to get through them. So there were a couple that I highlighted over the last couple of weeks. But today I want to talk to you about taking courage and encouraging one another. Uh, Tell your neighbor, take courage. courage. Tell your neighbor, "Be be encouraged. I want to talk to you about taking courage and about encouraging one another because I believe that we are living... Um, right now in, in a day and an hour where there is a great deal of discouragement uh, that is taking place, a great deal of discouragement that has taken place. And I believe that it's very easy uh, for us in the moments where we are disheartened and when we are discouraged uh, to, to not take the courage that God has given us to take the encouragement from the Word of God and the revelation of that. And even in those moments to not only take that courage for ourselves, but to encourage one another, uh, to to remind each other of what God has said and of what his of what his word has spoken. And so we see in this account uh, of Jesus. Uh, walking on the water in Matthew chapter 6 in verses 45 through 52, where the disciples um, have been sent ahead. Jesus sent them ahead in the boat, and he went on the mountainside to pray. We know that prayer was a regular part of Jesus' life and ministry, and that it should be a part of ours as well, that God has called us uh, to pray. If we don't pray, uh, if we don't take that time and spend that time in prayer, we will rob ourselves of some of the greatest revelations that God has for us in our day-to-day life and our journey and our walk with him. So Jesus withdrew and he prayed. It's what prepared him uh, for the next day. It's what prepared him for the next moments when he would teach, when he would share, and when God, through him, would do miracles uh, to confirm the word that he was preaching or the word that he was teaching. And so all of that's taking place, all that's happening, and Jesus finishes that time of prayer and he heads out uh, to, uh, to catch up with the disciples, really, to, to pass them by. Um, Why take a boat when you can walk on water? Amen. And so Jesus is taken off, but this is really a lesson for the disciples because when they saw Jesus on the water, they thought he was a ghost. And they were terrified. And they were, uh, they were terrified because they had been fighting in this storm uh, for all this time. And when Jesus showed up on the water, uh, they were convinced that they, that they had seen a ghost. There was a fear uh, that gripped their heart and that gripped their life in that moment because of what they were seeing and because of what they were witnessing. Uh, but I love, uh, I love what Jesus said to them in verse number 50. He said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And I just want to say to somebody that's here in this place this morning or that's joining us online today, take courage. Jesus is in the middle of your life. Take courage. Jesus is in the middle of your situation. He's in the middle of the circumstance that you're in. And He may not look like... (laughs) what you thought he would look like, he may be showing up in some ways that you didn't expect. Because in the natural mind for the disciples, the only way for Jesus to show up in the middle of where they were is if he came by boat. But he wasn't in a boat, he was on the water. He was above the storm. We serve a God who's above the storm. We serve a God who's above the storm. We serve a God who is above the natural limitations and understandings of what we face and what we deal with in this life. And I just believe that the reason why God has been sharing with us these messages about faith, about living by faith, about walking by faith, about uh, having an attitude of faith and responding in faith is because it's positioning us as believers and it's positioning us as the church to realize that in every situation, every circumstance of our life, God may respond to the things that are happening and the things that are taking place in unnatural ways. In fact, the best definition for them are supernatural ways because we serve a God who is supernatural. We serve a God who does the miraculous because He's not limited by the things that we're limited by. And so in this season, in this hour, many of us have found ourselves in a storm, having just gone through a storm or facing a storm on the horizon. And we, in those moments, can become greatly discouraged uh, because in those situations, in those circumstances that we face in our life, fear is one of the quickest things, uh, is one of the most natural reactions that we have uh, to the situations and to the circumstances Circumstances that we face. But the Word of God constantly reminds us, Jesus and the Holy Spirit constantly remind us to take courage. What is uh, courage? The definition of courage is uh, a mental or moral, moral strength to venture, uh, to persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. So courage, um, or ultimately being courageous, which is having been is having or characterized by courage, is a mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. And so we see many times in the Word of God uh, where the Lord instructs, where God instructs the people uh, to be. To be strong and courageous. We see this in Joshua. Uh, We see this in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, uh, where God says to Joshua Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We want to be prosperous and successful. Amen? So the the key to that is being careful to do everything that God has said and following the instruction that God has given. And he says in verse number 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you Wherever you go, so I want to share with you this morning this message entitled take courage and I want us to talk about this morning how we can take courage and then ultimately how we can encourage one another because we cannot encourage each other if we ourselves are discouraged. I cannot encourage you if I am discouraged. You cannot encourage your spouse, your children, your friends, your church family, those that are around you, if you have not yourself experienced the courage or the encouragement that God has for you, that God ultimately has for me. And so this morning I want to talk to us about taking courage because we're living In a season and a time and in some situations and some things that we're facing today where the enemy is trying to discourage us as much as he possibly can because if he can discourage us, then we will not live by faith. And a church that does not live by faith is a church that does not have the power to overcome because our power is not our power. Our power comes from God. And so we respond to the situations and the circumstances that we're dealing with and that we're facing, that we're going through in our life when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when the Holy Spirit empowers us because it's in that moment that we begin to see things from heaven's perspective. And that's why the Word constantly reminds us of the truth and of the revelation that the righteous live by faith. It's by faith. We believe that God is who He says He is and that He'll do what He said He would do because of the truth and because of the revelation of His Word. Tell your neighbor, I'm encouraged. Tell your neighbor, I'm encouraged. You say, Connor, I don't feel encouraged yet, but I believe before you leave today that God is going to bring and breathe some encouragement back into your life, that God is going to remind you and I this morning of who we are as the church and of what he has established and what he has called and what he has purposed in our lives today, because I believe that it is in this hour and it is in this moment that God has established us to be the light in the midst of darkness and hope in the midst of hopelessness to see the kingdom of God come and the will of God of God be done and to pray accordingly because when we take courage, we respond to the situations and the circumstances of our life and it's in the situations and the circumstances that we face completely differently than had we not. So I want to share with you these three things of how we can take courage in our lives. The first is this, number one, remember who called you and told you to go. Remember who called you and told you to go. Every single one of us have been called by God. Every single one of us have been called by God. It is the Holy Spirit that has called us out of darkness into light. It's the Holy Spirit that's called us out of sin, into the grace, into the mercy, into the freedom, into the joy of what God has established us. And if it's God who's called us and it's God who's, who's brought us out of that, then it's God who's established us in the place that he's told us to be. Not only has God called us out of darkness and into light, not only has God called us out of our past into the present and the future of what he's he has planned and what he's established and what he's purposed for our life but he's also called us to go tell your neighbor i'm on a mission whether you want to be on a mission or not you're on a mission we're on a mission and the mission is the call that god's given us to take the gospel into all the world to preach the good news to all creation some of us preach a little differently than others some of us are moms at home that are preaching to our children, that are raising up the next generation of the church of kids who are God-fearing, God-following, God-walking-by-faith individuals who are going to champion the church into the next season, into the next chapter, into the next future of what God has established in the earth. Some of us are business owners. Some of us are managers. Some of us are employees. Some of us have. Some of us work in, in, in maintenance and behind-the-scenes and different jobs. But in every single one of those places, in every single one of those moments... God has positioned you and I for a mission because it's in that mission and in that place that ultimately God receives the glory, that the kingdom of God is expanded, that the kingdom of darkness is defeated, and that the gospel is going forth. The Lord opens doors and moments of opportunity for us to share the grace and the truth and the mercy of God. More often times than not, it won't make sense. More oftentimes than not, it won't add up. More oftentimes than not, we won't see what the end looks like. And oftentimes, it'll be different than what we had anticipated or what we had perceived. But I'm thankful that his ways are not my ways, and that his thoughts are not my thoughts, and that his timing and his plans and his purposes for my life are exactly what they should be. So when I remember who has called me and I remember who has sent me, it changes how I respond to the unexpected and to the most difficult situations and circumstances that I face in my life. And we take Joshua, for example, in these these few passages of Scripture that we have. If you know in Joshua chapter 1, it begins with, Moses, my servant, is dead. The the, the man that God had called and that God had positioned to lead the children children of Israel out of bondage and slavery in Egypt into the promised land that God had established was dead. And God had raised Joshua up to ultimately lead them into the promised land. So Joshua has witnessed what God has done from the very beginning of this Exodus journey, ultimately to taking possession of the promised land of what God has established. But the problem is is that Joshua is not just walking into the promised land and, and raising the flag of Israel and declaring that this is God's land. I think so many times in our life and so many times in our journey and our walk with the Lord that that's what we want. I like the easy way. Amen? Anybody else? I like the easy way. Whatever makes it easier, whatever makes it quicker, whatever makes it faster, let's do it. When the maps pulls up, I punch the address in and it gives me three different routes. I don't want the one that's the slowest. I don't want the back roads and the scenic route. I want the fastest way to get there. But sometimes, (laughs) sometimes the way that God takes us isn't the way that we want or isn't the way that we anticipated at all. It sounds wonderful to be the person that God has chosen to lead his people into the promised land. This is a promise that God has given from generation to generation. For the last several hundred years, God has been telling them of the promise of what he had. How an exciting and exhilarating moment to know that. But then Joshua looks out from the place that he is and he sees that the river that he has to cross is at flood stage, and that at the other side of the river is the most fortified city that they've encountered to date, Jericho, with its walls and its surroundings and all of that that are there, and Joshua seeing what's ahead of him, and God knowing the discouragement that could be present in his situation and his circumstance says, be strong and courageous. Don't be discouraged. Remember that I have called you, that I have established you. If you will follow my ways, and you will follow what I have said, and you will trust in me it may not always look easy it may not always be easy it may in fact be the fight of your life but if you will trust me and remember that it is I who have called you and it is I that am sending you then in every situation in every circumstance you will know that I am with you Joshua, because of the encouragement that he received from the Lord, was able to see the Jordan as a miracle moment for the next generation of Israelites that had been called to take possession of the promise of God. Because of the encouragement that he received from the Lord, and the courage that God had called him to take hold of, and the revelation of who God was in Joshua's life as the leader in this season, in this hour, in this moment, was able to look at Jericho and not see an impossibility, but a marked moment in the, in the, forefront of what God was about to do and showing this generation and the children of Israelites what happens when you listen to God and you respond in obedience to what he said. Because in those moments what God was teaching Joshua and what God was teaching the children of Israel was that with God all things are possible. It can be in the greatest, you can be in the greatest flood stage moment of your life or you can be facing the biggest and largest obstacle and challenge that you've ever walked through in your personal life, in your marriage, in your family, or in your finances. But friends, I'm here to tell you today, when you and I are walking with God and we know that He is the one that has called us and that He is the one who has sent us, Jerichos are flattened and rivers are stopped. God makes a way where there is no way and He defeats the enemies of this world. He defeats the enemy and all of His schemes and His tactics to ultimately see His kingdom come and His will be done in our lives. So what may look like setbacks and difficulties and all of those, all of those horrible things that bring discouragement in our life we have to remember as believers and as the church that those are marked moments that they are set ups by the kingdom of God to show the world that our God is the one and the only true God and that when you live by faith and not by sight and you fear his name you see a change and a transformation come that changes your world that changes your life and ultimately brings in a harvest of souls Don't look at the present season, the present situation, the present circumstances of your life and listen to the lie of the enemy that tells you that your best days were behind you. Your best days are not behind you. Your greatest days are ahead of you because heaven is ahead of us. I said heaven is ahead of us. Heaven is ahead of us. How can I not get excited when I think about the fact that all the worries and the problems and the lies that the enemy throws my way, all of the attempts and the tactics that he uses to get me to live in fear, to live in doubt, to live in worry, to live in the the pressures of anxiety and out of the places of peace that God has positioned me to live in. How on earth can I stay in that place when I know of the promise that God has given me, of the plan and the purpose that God has for me, to know that this life is not all there is and that one day every worry, every fear, every tear, every doubt, everything that the enemy has used will forever be sealed as we step into the eternity and the promise that God has established for us. My best days are ahead of me, not behind me. Your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. What God has prepared for you and I What God has prepared for you and I. Some of you are walking through situations and circumstances and difficulties in your life and the enemy is telling you that you you cannot do this, that you cannot do that, that you'll never experience this, that you'll never experience that. But friends, I'm here to tell you that we serve a God who redeems. We serve a God who redeems. The Word word clearly tells us that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. That in the enemy's attempts to use it for our destruction, that in a moment's notice God can turn and use it for His glory. God will redeem if we will trust Him. When we remember who has called us, Who has sent us? Who has positioned us? It changes how we respond to the situations and the circumstances of our life. It's the moment that we begin to take courage because we know who we are. Secondly, not only do we remember who called us and who sent us, who told us to go, but thirdly, we realize that God is with us in every moment of the journey. In every moment of the journey. He said in that last verse of Joshua chapter 1 verse number 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Tell your neighbor wherever. Wherever I go. Wherever you go. He's with us. And when I remember that He's with me, it's what David said in Psalm 23. It said, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. My God is with me in every situation, in every circumstance, in every difficulty. When I know that God is with me, it changes how I respond to what I'm facing. There's an encouragement that comes in that moment because I know that I'm not alone. I know that I'm not alone. I I don't know about any of you, but I used to be terrified of the dark when I was a kid. Terrified. Any of you ever used to be scared of the dark? Any of you still scared of the dark? Just a couple of you that are honest. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. There are those those moments. We all have those moments, those times. I was terrified of the dark. I hated the dark. I had a special nightlight in my room so I could see, make sure there was no boogeyman that was coming up from... Under the bed, in the closet, used to check, Used to make sure that I checked the closet. Listen, when I first moved out on my own, I've shared the story with you before of living in the parsonage by myself, you know, there was a total change, there was a total difference that was there because um, I, wasn't, I wasn't in my mom and dad's house anymore. You know, I realized something when I moved out of my mom and dad's house was that, uh, was that now if there was a strange noise or a strange sound, it wasn't dad that was going to check it out, it was me. And I didn't like that. That parsonage makes lots of sounds. It has lots of noise. Right, Haley? It has lots of sounds and lots of noises. Most of it probably in my head, but I hear it. And so, no, you move into a new place and you learn the different sounds of your house, how your house sounds when the wind is blowing outside, different sounds, the way your HVAC unit works, the way different things, and you know what noises you do need to check out and what you don't. But I'll never forget... I'll never forget as a kid and being afraid of the dark, I was never afraid as long as my dad was there. And I'll never forget when I had moved out of my mom and dad's house and I, and I was living on my own down here, when I would go back to Jonesboro on the weekends and I would stay at mom and dad's, I slept so good. I just slept like a baby. I just passed out. Not a, not a fear, not a care, not a worry in the world. Didn't care what noises were there, dad was there. Amen. Dad was there, so Dad had it taken care of. I didn't have to worry about it. And I, you know, the, one of the greatest revelations that, that I have in that is that moment of understanding that as believers, as the church, and, and our walk that we have with God and in our journey with the Lord, that He's with us wherever we go. So what do I have to fear and what do I have to be afraid of when I know that my Heavenly Father is with me? Because in every situation, in every circumstance, in everything that I face, He is with me. God is present in the middle of what is happening, in the middle of what's taking place in my life. For the disciples, when they were out on the when they were out on the water, when they were out on the boat, and that God Jesus had sent them out and they were on their way across, that moment that they remembered who had sent them was the moment when Jesus showed up and said, Don't be afraid, take courage, it is I. Because what happened in that moment is they realized that they were no longer alone, that they were no longer seeing ghosts, but that they were ultimately seeing the Son of God, that they were ultimately seeing the Savior of the world, and that in the middle of their situation, in the middle of their circumstance, they were being reminded that they are not alone. Somebody here this morning, somebody joining us online, you need to be reminded today that you are not alone, that God has not forgotten about you, that God has not forgotten about the path or the way or the direction that you have taken, God is not God is not wondering uh, where you are out in the middle of, of, of the ocean of life or the lake of life and the situations and the circumstances that you're facing. But in every single one of those moments, in every single one of those situations, in every single one of those circumstances, God is with you. God is present in your situation. God is present in your circumstance. And it may not look the way that you thought it was going to look, and it may not be going the way that you thought it was going to go. But friends, I'm here to tell you today, if God has called you and I, and God has sent you and I, and God is with you and I, then we have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of. Because He is with us. His Word reminds us that He'll never leave us and that He'll never forsake us. That He has positioned Himself close to us. That when we walk with Him, and that when we pursue the plans and the purposes of what He has established for us, that in those moments, every moment of our journey, every moment of our situation or our, our circumstance, we can take courage because He's there. Because He's present. And thirdly, how can I take courage in my life? Receive what God has promised through perseverance. Tell your neighbor, persevere. Persevere. There was, a, there was a moment in, in, the, in the journey with, with Jesus uh, and recorded over in Matthew of this moment where the disciples encountered Jesus on the lake where Peter said, Well, Lord, if it's really you, uh, tell me to come out, to, to step out onto the water. And we read in that account in Matthew where Jesus tells Peter to step out. And so Peter steps out. And Peter was fine as long as his eyes were on Jesus. But the moment that his eyes were taken off of the Lord, the winds and the waves and the uncertainty that was around him began to begin to ultimately rob him of of that firm foundation that he had in Christ Jesus. And the thing that I love about that verse, about that recorded account of what happened in that moment, is the revelation of what's so critically important for us today as believers, because there are a lot of winds that are blowing, there's a lot of waves that are crashing, and in this hour, in this moment, if we take our eyes off of Jesus, and we take our eyes off the Word of God, and we take our eyes off the revelation that God has given us, and we take our eyes off of what God has spoken to our hearts, and the truth of what He's established for us, then we will ultimately rob ourselves of the promise that God has positioned for us us to have as believers and as the church. We will rob ourselves of the miraculous moments that God wants to move, that God wants to work, that God wants to do something incredible in our lives. So how in the middle of all the chaos and how in the middle of all of the uncertainty and all of the pain and all of the emotions and the anxiety and the chaos that I'm feeling, how, how do I take courage through persevering to what God has said and taking hold ultimately of what he's promised? My eyes are fixed on Jesus. My eyes are fixed on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So when my eyes are fixed on Him, what happens is I begin responding to these unimaginable circumstances and moments of my life, not based on the emotions that I feel in my life, but based on the revelation of who God is in my life, to know that this life is not all there is. This isn't forever. Tell your neighbor, this isn't forever. I think one of the biggest lies that the enemy uses is to tell us that this is forever. That this is how it will always be. And he uses that because it further feeds the fear that the enemy tries to use in our life. It feeds the anxiety. It feeds the uncertainty. It feeds all of those things. And further feeds the lies that the enemy has planted and the seeds that the enemy has planted in our in our head. And ultimately causes us to begin to look at our situation and our circumstances taking our eyes off of Jesus off of the word and off the revelation that he's given us and robbing us of the truth of what God has said and what God has established for Joshua he had to remember in every situation in every battle he fought in every giant he faced in every, in every city that he had to conquer in every place that he had to fulfill what God was saying he had to remember that it was God who called him that it was God who sent him it was God who was with him and that if he would trust in the Lord and what the word of God had said and what had been positioned, then, the, then the, ultimately the promise of God would be fulfilled in his life. One of the biggest things that the enemy wants to convince you and I of is that God will not fulfill his promises, that God will not fulfill his word, that God is not working and that God is not moving in the present situations and the circumstances of our lives. It is a lie from the pit of hell. And the enemy is trying to discourage the heart of believers and the heart of the church to buy into the lie and to buy into the trap that this is all there is. Friends, I'm here to tell you today we can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for us in this season and in this hour. We can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared to do in and through our lives in this hour, in this season, in this moment. I am so overwhelmed with excitement and anticipation to what God has in store for us as the church because when we take courage and we stand, not not based on what we see and not based on what's happening around us, but we stand by faith, there's a shift that begins to happen. Peter walked on water not because of who Peter was and not because of what Peter saw, but because his faith and his eyes were fixed on Jesus his faith and his eyes were fixed on jesus so through jesus he was able to rise above the storm you and i can't rise above the storm if our eyes aren't fixed on the lord if our eyes are fixed on the emotions and our eyes are fixed on the situations and our eyes are fixed on the circumstances of what we're facing then we will ultimately sink in discouragement We will sink in discouragement because we will be convinced that there is no way that we could ever survive. And it is a lie that the enemy has been feeding the church, that he's been feeding our hearts and our minds. But when we know what God has said and we fix our eyes on what he has said and what he has spoken, we realize that even in the storm, he makes a way. Notice that when Jesus got in the boat, there was a shift that happened in their lives. Why? Because when Jesus is with you, there's peace. It's like that moment of knowing that my dad was there, that my father was there. There was a peace, so I was able to rest. Here's the problem. What's going on in your life today, what's going on in the world today, is trying to rob you of the peace that God has made available to you and I. So what the enemy is doing is ultimately getting you and I to look at what's happening around us and our conversation, our thoughts, our time, all of our energy is being placed into the storm and the chaos of what's happening around us instead of the revelation of who is with us. And when we realize who is with us, then we begin to respond out of a place of peace so it's in that place that we're able to rest. we got a lot of tired people in the body of Christ today. It's because there's no peace. One of the biggest things that the enemy will come for in your life and mine is peace. And the biggest time that our peace is challenged is when our eyes are taken off of Jesus. Because when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, there's a peace that transcends all understanding that guards my heart and my mind. So in every situation, every circumstance, I begin to respond differently. I begin to take courage because I know that he's with me. It's why Jesus said what he did in John 16, 33. In this life, you'll face many troubles, many trials or many tribulations. Whichever translation you've read or you've studied or you understand, either way, it's not fun. Trials, Tribulations difficulties, unimaginable circumstances. He said, in this life you will face many, not one, not some, many. And I know around this room that there are many of us who have faced those, and I know there are many that are facing that right now. I know there are some of you at home that are walking through some of the greatest trials and some of the greatest tribulations that you face in your life. And there there are trials and tribulations that the church has faced, and there are trials and tribulations. We know this from our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. From the church that's persecuted in other countries around the world to what I believe even the the church in America some have faced and I believe others will face in the future. Why? Because the enemy knows that if the church is not living by faith and if he can feed our lives with fear, then we will take our eyes off of what God has said. We will become discouraged and instead of responding with courage, we'll respond to the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties that we're facing and, and forget the rest of what Jesus said because Jesus said in this life you will face many trials but he says take heart i have overcome the world take heart i have overcome the world it's why Paul said what he did in Philippians 1:21 for me to live is Christ but to die is gain because either way the enemy doesn't have the final say because God has conquered death god has conquered the grave that's why the word says world death is your sting world death is your victory the sting of death is sin But thanks be to God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, He gives us the victory. The victory that we have is in Him. So what happens in our life is in those moments when chaos begins to ensue, we remember that in the boat of our life, in the boat of our journey, God is with us. Hear me today. I'm not saying pretend that you don't have emotions in your life. I'm not saying to pretend that you don't have those feelings, that you don't have those anxieties, that you don't have those uncertainties, but what I'm saying is, take those to Jesus. Peter got out of the boat with the uncertainty of what it was that he was facing, but his eyes were fixed on Jesus. He approached the Lord with what he was feeling and with what was happening in his life, but he had his eyes on Jesus. It was in that moment that he saw those times, those moments that God calls us to step out, those times, those moments that God encourages us to respond, those times that we respond in difficult situations and circumstances, take courage because it's Jesus who has called me. It's Jesus who has sent me. It's Jesus who is with me. And it's Jesus who will help me to persevere. Amen? So until I'm encouraged, I can't encourage you. Some of you are like, he's doing really good. He's going to get done two minutes, three minutes before 12. I got three more points for you. (laughs) <laughs> Until I've been encouraged, I can't encourage you. One of the biggest things that we deal with, one of the biggest things that we struggle with is being able to fulfill ultimately what God has what God has intended and what God has established for us as the church, because we all need to be encouraged. We all need to be encouraged. every single one of us need to be encouraged. I love in Romans this awesome revelation and this awesome truth in Romans one eight through seventeen it says Uh, Paul's longing to visit Rome. He says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of His Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last by God's will... The way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you just as I have had among other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes." First to the Jews, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, that is by faith from first to last. Just as as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. We live by faith. We are encouraged by one another. We are encouraged by each other. The time that we spend, the time that we have together, ushers in ultimately the encouragement that God has established. So I want to read this to you from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25 and then 36 through 39. Austin and Haley, will you come? I'm going to give you the shortest, mini short sermon that I can give you in all of your life in this moment. Because I, I really believe that that the revelation of God to us today is to take courage in our hearts, but also to understand that it's not just about taking courage, it's about encouraging one another. I think too many times in the revelation of what we have from the Lord, in these times that we have together, where we come together, God gives us a word, God gives us a revelation. But I think one of the biggest things that the enemy would rob us of is understanding that God also calls us to pour out. So that's what love that's that's what love is ultimately. We read that in in the New Testament, where Jesus is asked by one of the teachers of the law, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And he says the second commandment is uh, is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's a love that God calls us to where, where it, it costs us giving something. It costs us exchanging something. So what happens is in these moments on Sundays, in these moments on Wednesdays, in these times in our individual prayer times, oftentimes God will speak to our hearts. God will give us a revelation. God will give us something. But also God will, will use us... To also bless others, to encourage others, to lift one another up. So we don't just hold on to what God has given us, but we share what God has given us in the moments and the opportunities that he presents to us. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, and let us let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Not Sunday, the day. The day that the trumpet sounds. The day that the King comes. The day that God begins to fulfill everything that He has said and everything that He has spoken that is about to take place in our lives and on the earth so in verse 36 he says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God you will receive what he has promised for in just a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay and but my righteous one will live by faith and I I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So now that I have taken courage in my life, now that I've received the encouragement that God has given me and how I experience that in my life, how do I encourage you? How do I encourage my neighbor? How do I encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ? How how do I encourage one another? By drawing near to God together, by continually holding unswervingly to the hope that we profess together and ultimately by persevering and receiving what he has promised together there's something powerful that happens when you and I spend time together tell your neighbor together together the time that we have together the moment that we have together is the moment that we are reminded of the faithfulness of God I shared with you today a testimony from the Lord of what God did in Rihanna and I's life. It's our personal business and our personal information, but you're, you're family. And so I want you to hear those, those stories and those moments. Why? Because it's a testament of what God has done. It's, a, it's something that encourages your heart. It's something that encourages mine because it's the moment that we show and share with each other the faithfulness of God. What happens in the time that we're together is we go, hey, you know, I want to tell you about something that happened the other day. And, and, and I want I I to share with you how God did something in my life that was so incredible because the time that we have together are the moments that we begin to encourage one another. It's the moments where when we're disheartened and we're dismayed that when we come into the house of God together, when we when we fellowship and break bread in one another's homes, when we spend that time together, that we're reminded that in this journey and in this life and in, these, in this mission that God has given me, that I am not alone, but that God has surrounded me with these people. God has surrounded me with these people that He has also called out that he is also sent that he is also with that he is also leading to persevere into the fulfillment of the promise of what God has said to live by faith and not by sight and to refuse to settle for the present chaos and uncertainty of what's happening to experience the future glory of what God has established in our life look at your neighbor and tell him this morning I need you We have to have each other. We have to spend time together. We have to spend time together because it's in that moment that God speaks, that God moves. It's in that moment, in those one on one conversations and in those times where our hearts are encouraged, where our faith is built up, where we hear the testimonies of the faithfulness and of the goodness of God. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God and He is faithful in every season, in every situation, in every circumstance to shower us with His love and His grace, to sustain us with His strength and with His mercy, to carry us in the times where we're grieving to know that we're not alone, in the times where we're walking through the greatest difficulties and setbacks of our life to know that we are surrounded by the body of Jesus Christ. Because it's in those moments that when you've taken courage, and I've taken courage, and taken hold of what God's word has said, and we gather in this place and we begin to lift up our voice in praise and in worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords that we remember. I look around this room this morning and I think of some of you that are joining us online today. And I know what some of you have been through and what some of you have walked through. And I know your worship comes from a place not out of because of all of the good things that God has done, but because in spite of all of the enemy's attempts, in spite of all of the things that you have suffered and you have walked through and you've endured, your heart and your attitude is to still give God glory and to still give God praise and to declare that he is good even when everything in life hasn't always been good. Because it's in those moments that you're not living based on the emotions and based on the feel good moments of what you have in your life, but based on the faith. I've seen some of you in moments of true faith where you have lifted your voice and you have lifted your hands and worshiped to God. And I cannot tell you the encouragement that others around you have received from seeing that place, not because you've tried to put on a show for others but because in the real, authentic, and genuine moments of your life, you've worshipped the King of Kings. You've trusted the Lord. You've put your faith and your hope in Him. It reminds me of, uh, of what David uh, said many times and what we read many times throughout the Psalms where he said, Why, uh, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why have you lost your hope? Put your hope and your faith and your trust in the Lord. Because in those moments, he will sustain, he will guide, he will lead. So in every situation, together is how we do it.